0: You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner.
1: Welcome to the Gluten Free Guide podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrode coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. I want to start out by saying a huge thank you to the Walter and Jean Boak Global Autoimmune Institute for their ongoing support and partnership to make this podcast possible. Today we're going to talk about an issue that affects everybody living on a gluten free diet. We're gonna talk to a very special guest, Janelle Smith from the Celiac Disease Foundation about the different types of legislation that are in place, those under review and things from the past, present and future um, to protect people living with celiac disease and who are on a gluten-free diet. Janelle's going to talk to us a little bit today about the food allergen labeling laws, um, health insurance, and just various ways that people can be protected um, who are living a gluten-free lifestyle. So without further ado, I'm going to toss it over to Ellen Wilcox, my co-host who's in the field with Janelle. Take it away, gals. Miss Smith, thank you
2: so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So I'd love to hear more about the Food Allergen Labeling and Consumer Protection Act, and the it's FALCPA is how people FALCPA, talk about it. Yeah, yes, that's.
0: that's how we talk about it. <laughs> um, thankfully, the Food Allergen Associations and many in the celiac disease community really rallied together to urge the FDA to pass this act, which requires uh, that all foods packaged and regulated by the FDA have to declare the top eight most common allergens, and wheat is one of those allergens. So for those of us with celiac disease or gluten sensitivity, that's a great place to start. Um, So it was enacted in 2004, and uh, it also required that a proposed rule for the term gluten-free be defined by the FDA and that happened just about a decade later in 2014. Um, and the gluten-free labeling law is a voluntary label, so it is not required uh, packaging on the packaging, whereas under Falcva all the top eight allergens are required. Um, and so for those of us with celiac disease, that means uh, barley and rye are not included uh, to be required, uh,
2: disclosed. So the allergen labeling law is helpful to get started, but it doesn't answer all of the questions somebody with celiac disease would have looking exactly. at a label. Exactly. And the gluten labeling rule, its you mentioned it's voluntary, so what does it mean? What does a food manufacturer need to be aware of or do?
0: Uh, A food manufacturer can put the label gluten-free on their item if it meets certain criteria. Uh, It cannot contain a gluten-containing grain, which means wheat, barley, or rye, or triticale. Um, It can contain one of those grains only if the product, uh, the initial ingredient, has been processed to remove gluten. Uh, to be less than 20 parts per million. So for example, wheat starch can be modified uh, to remove all the protein component and uh, can be included in a gluten-free food. Um, And essentially, if a food is naturally gluten-free, they can also write naturally gluten-free.
2: So for a product like eggs, it might say naturally gluten-free.
0: Yes, however, eggs are not regulated by the FDA. Oh, that's right. They're so, regulated by the USDA. So what's an example then? makes it so much more confusing.
2: <laughs> it is, you know, it is confusing for people. That's yeah. why I'm so glad you're here today. It's I that wish of-
0: that they were all under one umbrella. Thankfully, over 90% of USDA foods meet the compliance of FALCBA, and many
2: choose to voluntarily label gluten-free. So is rice an example of a a food that could be packaged that um, would say naturally gluten-free? Yes. I see. Yes.
0: Um, Or bottled water. Okay.
2: All right. (laughs) Great, thank you. So, you mentioned that the the gluten-free community played a really important role in the FDA gluten-free labeling rule, how so?
0: Um, The gluten-free community really pushed and pushed and kept contacting the FDA uh, to ask for updates on their proposed rule because it took longer than expected to be defined. And so, many advocates in the community, including uh, the American Celiac Disease Alliance, which was a lobbying group that has now kind of closed its doors, uh, really helped to bring the attention and put the pressure on the FDA. Uh, The FDA also had a comment period um, and a response period, so anyone involved, whether it was industry, uh, healthcare professionals, or just general consumers, uh, could write the FDA and make a comment on the proposed rule and say if they wanted it to have any revisions. And then the FDA took that all into account and uh, kind of finalized it based on what was best for the most people.
2: Is there any current federal legislation that's being considered that would help people with celiac disease? There
0: is not. Um, so there, there has been a Gluten in Medications Act, which was designed, uh, proposed uh, twice between 2014 and 2016 to uh, attempt to get uh, gluten disclosed in medications because that's another category uh, that is not covered by FALCPA or the Gluten-Free Labeling Act. Um, essentially, all of the proposed bills that are trying to revise um, help the healthcare right now are of interest to people with celiac disease because they absolutely will affect
2: us. Well, you mentioned healthcare, uh, which makes me think, of course, of the Affordable Care Act uh... That did a lot to help families with chronic conditions, including celiac disease, and we just really don't know the direction that that's going right now. How would a repeal of the Affordable Care Act affect families with chronic health conditions?
0: I think, in a bipartisan, you know, apolitical way, it would really hurt individuals with chronic health conditions because the ACA was the first time to prohibit pre-existing condition discrimination. Um, so it likely, if that part of uh, the act was removed or not included in the revision, uh, that would likely make healthcare care costs uh, a lot higher or potentially impossible for those with pre-existing conditions like celiac disease. Um, celiac Disease Foundation is also in favor of prohibiting uh, lifetime and annual caps on insurance benefits so that uh, any individual who per- purchases health care coverage shouldn't have to outspend that coverage. Um, we'd also be in favor of allowing children to stay on family coverage until they're 26 as well as limit out-of-pocket costs for patients because we know that those with C-Like disease do need routine care to ensure that they're healthy.
2: Well, you've mentioned the important role that patients and the gluten-free community has played in advocacy. Uh, Tell us about the Celiac Disease Foundation's patient and the role that they can play in advocacy for celiac disease. I understand that the Celiac Disease Foundation has a patient advocacy program. Can you tell me about that?
0: Absolutely. This is very exciting. Uh, The goal of the CDF patient advocacy program is to develop a network of trained patient advocates who can uh, really be involved in patient-centered research. Um, This means that uh, patients would be empowered and have the language and the knowledge to help design, implement, uh, and kind of market, disseminate any research studies that would affect our community. Uh, And that would include caregivers of those with celiac disease as well. Um, and actually, the National Institutes of Health, when they are um, offering grants for uh, for research projects, they often request or require that patients be involved in this sort of design of the the research study. So, having our patient advocate uh, community ready will help. Uh, more research to get funded
2: for celiac disease and make sure that it's research that really impacts our community. So if any of the people listening to this podcast today are interested in finding out more about that, where would they look online?
0: Uh, They would go to celiac.org backslash get involved and we have an entire section on our public policy and patient advocate program.
2: Thank you. I understand that the Celiac Disease Foundation has what's called an iCure Celiac Registry. What is that? Uh,
0: This is the first patient registry for individuals and family members of those with celiac disease, which um, really is gonna be essential in helping to further research uh, and advocate for our needs. So up until now, it's, it's been difficult to know exactly how many people in the United States have celiac disease uh, and kind of what all of their risk factors are, what their families' risk factors are as well. Um, so having all of our data in one place uh, that's HIPAA compliant and completely privacy protected can allow us to help researchers to gather more data about trends in our community whether it's uh, symptoms prior to diagnosis, symptoms continuing after diagnosis, uh, different treatment options that people are interested in, um, familial risk of different relatives. Uh, Essentially, the participation will hopefully lead to researchers finding a cure for celiac
2: disease. That is so interesting. That is great to hear about. How might this registry also help guide future legislative processes?
0: Um, I think because it has the ability to survey so many people in the celiac community, it will really allow us to unite our voice um, and to say how many people in this nation really need more protections um, or want more uh help with from the FDA or from research funding um, so that we can use this data to really communicate how many people are affected.
2: How long does it take to fill
0: out the registry? Uh, It starts at about 10 minutes. Um, There's a couple different sections, so you can choose to do shorter sections or longer sections, Um, so it may take a little bit longer if you want to do um, the full. Uh, registry and uh, the more data you share though the more information we have to
2: share with our researchers. And if somebody listening today wants to find out more about uh, joining that registry where would they look for it?
0: They will go to celiac.org backslash iCureCeliac.
2: Thank you this has all been just such great information to learn about. I'm gonna look at the registry
1: myself and thank you so much for joining us my pleasure thank you thank you so much janelle for all of that wonderful information and if people have more questions they can always check out the celiac disease foundation website at www.celiac.org or contact us here at the celiac disease program at www.childrensnational.org celiac i hope you all enjoyed the podcast today and we'll hear from you next time